Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We're rolling. I think we're live. We're live. Oh, John's nodding his head. We're live. We are wide open, baby, connected by water. It almost didn't happen. We almost didn't have Wi-Fi. We are here today with boom, 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 Henry Crockett. Yes. How's it going? Outstanding. All right. We're with Troy, our good buddy Troy. Everyone knows and loves Troy. And Papa's Rawbar in the house. Rawbar. We are live. This is our first ever live podcast. And we have yeah. Wi-Fi, in case anyone's yeah, wondering. Yeah, we have Wi-Fi. If you, in case anyone was waiting with bated breath by their computers at 5 o'clock and we didn't start, uh, we didn't have Wi-Fi. So here we are. We're up and running. Henry, thanks yes. for coming, brother. Thank you for having Good me. Good to see you. Excited. Always happy. Especially coming to Papa's Raw Bar. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Don't need much of an excuse. No. Yeah, you don't need an excuse to come here at all. Um, we got our friends. We got our family here. If anyone wants to come up and watch a live podcast. Obviously, you're more than welcome. Great food, great drinks, great fun, great people, great everything here. Great food. Um, yeah, it's our favorite place. In the, it's like our favorite place to come. Yeah. No, we need to get your name on the menu. I got Henry's got his name, on, name the on the menu. menu. Yeah. So you got see. I don't have my name on the menu. <laughs> see, everybody I know has like what their own role or their own. Like, yeah. You have no CD role. You got a surreal role. We do. Right, we and need I to do a roll. The new menus are the new menus just got delivered yesterday. But Valerie, gotta, Rory has something. We do. She be she she strong tied me. So. We need to connect it by water. Something. I I like it. Come on, I like it. Did we yeah. mention, did we mention the food is good? The food is good. <laughs> it's the best. Somebody's hungry. I'm starving. The food is good. You're gonna have representation at this uh, shakedown you're having in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Like someone from here is gonna be there. It's not just gonna be like other places. I know. I strategically have both of my restaurants battling each other. Really? Because I didn't want to have them in different contests. Yeah. It's kind of it's an eat drink and be local event, not a raw bar event. So right. it's eat drink and be local's first event, the Chef Shakedown. It's at the Lighthouse Point Yacht Club. Right. And um. 
Papa's Fish House, a.k.a. Seafood World, will be battling Papa's Raw Bar. So yeah. we'll be going against each other. The okay. good news is either way, we yeah. win. You're a win. We win. Yeah. You're a winner. You're a winner, Troy. Yeah. We all know that. <laughs> so how does it work? Does the um, patrons get opportunity to taste the food? And yeah, so there, we're, we're maxing out at 300 people. We got about 225 tickets sold, and you can only buy them on Eventbrite. There's going to be 14 restaurants, a chef from each restaurant. There's Battle Asia, Battle Barbecue, is Fat Boys and Spanx the Hog. We really started local before we get outside of the community. We want to dial into the community. Um, you got Battle Surf and Turf. You have um, Battle Italy, Battle um, Burger, Battle... I'm a little blank here, but um, lots of fun battles. at the Yacht Club. Yeah, at the Yacht Club. Each guest will get seven chips, tokens, labeled with the battles. Battle Taco. You'll go in, you'll taste both tacos, and you'll give your taco chip to the chef that you think. Oh, okay. And then there'll be celebrity judges there voting on uh, five local bartenders. From uh, local bars, uh, Kapow's in there, New Even Keel's in there, Lighthouse Point Yacht Club's in there. We've got a local celeb popping in, and Tats and Tacos. And then they're also going to vote on the, on the best overall food. Mm-hmm. And on painting. And Dennis will be painting live on stage. And it's going to auction. Yep. And, what uh, are you painting? I'm going to paint some yellowfin too, and I think. Some nice. Nice. Uh, I figured something fitting for the event. Right? And it's all for to raise aw- awareness for mission fishing. Right. Yep. Local yep. All, yeah. All raise awareness. So um, I want to talk a little bit about that again later. But right now I want to want to mention oh, there he um, is. one of the, hey, what's up? Does he want to put the headphones on? This is a free-for-all. Put the headphones on. Let's talk to us. There you go. Is there a stool? There you go. Say hey. Hey. What's your name, buddy? Josiah. I'm Dennis. It's nice to meet you. How are you? Good. You play ball? Yes. You excited for your Seminoles tonight? Yes. Yeah? Are we going to win? Are we going to beat Virginia? Yeah. It's official, right? Talk into the mic. There you go. What position do you play? Talk into the mic. What position do you play? In what? In football. I'm a quarterback. You're the quarterback? Oh, that's what oh, I play. Now tell me what, what position do you play in life? <laughs> I play... Um, um, running back and wide receiver. Nice. nice. So you and guys, sometimes quarterback. So you guys are responsible for all the points. Yeah. Yeah? He's not a teammate. What's up, buddy? Tell me what position you play. What position do you play? For what? Football. I like how they got these, uh, they, they do a lot of things. Wide receiver, right? Tell them. Wide receiver. You guys are all offense right here. Who's the fastest out of all three of you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> give it's me that me. mic. It's you. All right. all right. Look how comfortable they are on mic. I love it. You guys are ready to be pros. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Good. Get back to work. <laughs> Daddy, are you it's on all the good. Radio? We we are. We're live. We're on the radio. We're on TV. We're on everything. National right TV. Now. Before before, before you before you log off, what's your favorite? Thing to eat here at Papa's Raw Bar. Um, sushi. I love oh, it. nice. Who's your favorite football player of all time? Um, Big hard. Uh, My, mine's Bo Jackson. Who you like? Oh, I like. You know who you like? Who you like? Who you like football? Henry Crockett. Henry Crockett's a good one. Yeah. Zach's okay. Daddy. There you go. Yeah. Daddy. There you go. Who your favorite football player? Ojo Beckham. Oh, you kind of look like him. Landry. There you go. Jarvis Landry. Nice. I love Jarvis Landry. Who do you like? I like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield, too. He brings a thunder, right? 
Yeah. He, he had a not so good game last week. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I got him. In, I got him in fantasy happens. football. You had him. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I, I was. I was all hot and bothered on on Baker Mayfield this year. I got him in two leagues. I'm like, yeah, give they say to like stay it. away from rookie quarterbacks here too. But yeah, I know. I heard that too. But yeah, Thank whatever. You guys. Bye. All right, guys. We'll Bye. see you later. Thanks for coming on the Thank show, you. guys. Okay. And he's eight years old, right? They were pretty natural there on, on the mic. That was good. So we got some Florida State football today. Yeah. Go Knowles. All right, it's been a little bit of a slow start for us, but we are optimistic for Virginia tonight, I think. I got to believe. Got to believe, right? This is our game. Um, we haven't had that, many, that much crowds at the at the home, we got booed in our own stadium, so hopefully you know, we, yeah. we, we go on a road, we have a better showing. Yeah, you uh, want to avoid the booing in your own stadium. Hopefully, we play full, if we can play four quarters, I think we got, we should, we'll, we'll win. I think that's probably the ultimate point right there, right? Maybe we should reverse it. Start slow, then hot. Slow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell her all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's been two weeks in a row. Oh, no. Yeah, so we were talking a little bit about that before the podcast started, that... Um, you know, it, with the uh, Boise State game, um, obviously there was a huge, you know, comeback that Boise State made. And, yep. and Florida State really did nothing to adjust to what they were doing. And I think they actually, you know, might not have made the right, you know, decisions um, going into it. Maybe didn't adjust at all. Uh, but whatever. I, I'm, it's not like I'm sitting here with a ex-Florida State football player or anything that, that can really offer some keen insight to that. No, I mean, just, just from watching the far, I just felt like we came out with a great game plan. Mm -hmm. He scripted some really good plays. Yeah. He got the ball in all the playmakers' hands. The defense played good. And I think the second half, they came out and got a little bit full of themselves and really just to try to do the, um, make the home run hit mm -hmm. instead of just, like, taking their time, using up some of the clock. And what they end up doing was putting their defense on the field for 108 plays and you just can't do that. Right. And from that point, those guys like they was running in quicksand out there. Yeah, uh, they looked real slow in the second half. They looked slow. The offense was just three downs and out every series. Mm -hmm. The defense was on the field the whole game. And then the offense never made adjustments. To, I mean, Boise State's a pretty good team. They They're got a good team. They got yeah, a it's really, a good they got, program. They got a well-coached um, team. Got a great coach. Mm -hmm. A defensive mind coach. And he figured them out. Yeah, so when he out. figured him out, then you got to make adjustments. Yeah, we didn't and adjust. I, we didn't adjust. So I was a little bit disappointed. But then it was, what was even more disappointing was to come out the next week and experience the, the, same, do the same thing. thing. You know, I didn't even watch that game. You know, I, I was out of town, and I didn't even get to see the game. And when I saw the score at the end of the night, I didn't, I didn't even know the story of how it got to that point. I just <laughs> saw the final score, and I'm like, I don't even want to know the story. It was bad. It was yeah. like, um, and then I saw they were so excited. They were cheering, and I'm like, damn, that's yeah, Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you, you don't want you don't want you don't want any other words coming after a state when you're when you're losing. Like, and then you know all the antics. Like the one kid, the first game, the boy State caught a touchdown. He put a mask on. Like, yeah, the kinda, antics. Yeah, what's your take on all that? God damn, just play, man. I could do without the the chops and, and then the, the if they came up the with something. If they came up with something that was really cool, like, like a turnover backpack. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that, <was>, <laughs> that was terrible. But if they you came had, up with something, you had that, to bring it up. I had, I'm a Noah's fan. I had to bring yeah. it up. I had, with, I had to. They had something stuff. that was cool that involved everybody getting in on it. Yeah, like, I don't have a problem. Like the turnover chain, I don't have a problem with the turnover chain. Right. I got a problem with a turnover brass knuckle. What a scoring brass knuckles they got now. Yeah, you saw I that? didn't see that. That's horrible. You know what I think? I, I don't think anybody. It's terrible. 
I don't think anybody hard. anybody should have done anything else. I think the turnover it's, chain is what it, it is, it and is no it is. people don't have to follow. But somebody had a turnover chain before you, right? No, No, Alabama had the heavyweight champion belt. Oh, they did? They had the belt after a turnover. They put the heavyweight champ belt on them. So they started this whole thing? They started it. I was was rooting for maybe we could have had like a turnover lap dance or something. If we had a one-up Miami, it's like, no. For Rosario? For Rosario. Rosario. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. The backpack really threw me off. I I couldn't even explain it. Uh, I'm just hoping that they come out and do a better show on the day. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. I saw they brought on the – the guy from that coach that used to be the head coach at USL that um, Tiger took to Oregon. Right. They bought him on as a defensive consultant this week. They I did? Yeah. I didn't hear about that at all. Yeah, they bought him on as a defensive consultant this week. And um, I'm interested to see how that play, plays yeah. out because to me, when you do that, like, that means the writing's on the wall for Harlan Barnett, you know. Yeah. That's my thought process. Yeah, know? I think so. I mean, you know, I wanted to ask you, too. I was curious. I was um, just looking over some stuff this morning. When you're at Florida State, um, how tight were you with Bowden, or was he more like just kind of like an overseer, CEO Bowden, of that? Are you Bowden, more yeah, tighter yeah. with Mickey Andrews? I than tighter with Mickey Andrews and yeah. Chuck Amato. Yeah. Um, Bowden was more of an overseer. Like, yeah. if you got to Bowden – it was bad. It was probably like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. So he was a pretty got, tough guy. If you be behind closed doors, I think, yeah, right? He's very yeah. fair guy. Yeah, loves he loves teammates, love family. Mm-hmm. But he just it's levels to him. Right. You got to go through certain things to get to him. So if you get to him, you pretty much are exhausted. Yeah, all, <laughs> all, all the resources. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Bob was a great guy, man. He was a family oriented guy. Like we always made time for us to have fence at his house. Mm-hmm. But then we had Coach Rick. We had Chuck Amato. Yeah, Coach you know, Rick was there that, that yeah, around yeah, that time. Yeah, Mickey too. Andrews. Even the guy that's at um, Coach Scott mm-hmm. that's at um, Clemson right now and is responsible for getting a lot of them players from Florida to Clemson now. Right. He was the offensive coordinator for Coach Rick. Oh, he was? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, all the Clemson and Alabama is taking all the South Florida guys now. Yeah, 100%. That's why they're so successful. A lot of people understand the start that run was our head recruit, Ronnie Cottrell. Mm-hmm. He left Florida State and went to Alabama. And he was part of that group starting to really – because Alabama went in the pits. Right. So they brought Ronnie Cartrell there, and he was the one that kind of, like, got the ball rolling and started bringing in big recruit, recruits again. And, mm-hmm. You know, he's a hell of a recruit. Yeah. Good coach, but he was a hell of a recruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's half the battle, though. I mean, yeah. I think it's getting the players on board, right? Yeah. So, and, I mean. and I think Coach Bowden did a great job at letting people do what they was good at. Like, Ronnie Cartrell was the best – Sales I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, this guy can is sell. that who recruited you? Yeah, well, yeah. he was the over. He was over all recruiting. That's all he did. Yeah. So now they make the coaches do recruiting. Mm-hmm. Back then we had a department, a recruiting department, and running Coach Coach Cottrell was over that recruiting department. They don't have that anymore. Like coaches have to go out and recruit, be responsible for it. So right. it's a little different. So so all right. So most of the coaches are out recruiting. Well. Like, I know Lawrence Stossie does a lot of recruiting. Yeah, now, most right? of the coaches out recruit now. Yeah. But when I was playing, Ronnie Cottrell did all the recruiting. Mm-hmm. And he just, when he brought he brought in the big guns to come in and seal the deal. Yeah. Like, when, when Bowden came to my house, he had the whole defensive coaching staff and him. Right, right. But I had been meeting with Ronnie Cottrell, talking to him the whole way up, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the whole process. On the recruits. Bowden didn't come to your house? Yeah, he came out. Oh, he did? Oh, man, I can tell you a story about Bowden coming out. Please do. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear this. Please do. <laughs> so I came. I grew up in a real bad neighborhood in Pompano. I know. I was just going to ask you weren't stealing potato chips from over the yeah, fence, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, potato I know, chips? Yeah. 
So I, I know most coaches when they come see you, they they get the little rental car and okay. they come in, they see you. You know, I had Spurrier, I had um, McCartney from uh, from Colorado back then. Mm-hmm. That championship, they come in with just a regular rental car. Bound showed up, <laughs> Cadillacs, like three Cadillacs, two police cars being escorted in like a president. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a show. And he walks in the house, goes to the fridge, pours himself something to drink, comes sit down. Take some like bit. he's home. Like he's home. Sit down with my mom. And he knew my mom was a Christian. Love, uh-huh. talk about Bible, pull out the Bible. He laid it on thick. Oh, listen, barely talk to me. Barely talk to me, right? Him and my mom going over verses together. They going over yeah. the Bible. It's the Bible study. Yeah. I said, is this guy coming to see me? Is he coming from Bible study? Man, that's good. At the end of the day, gave me a hug. I see you in Tallahassee. Right. And you don't even what? know what happened. So you your mom basically happened. chose that you were going to my Florida State. My mom chose where I was going. There you go. <laughs> God and family first. That's my saying. Yo, Bobby Bowden was amazing, man. I'm telling you, that, he had a down pack, man. Yeah. That, you, that was right in this wheelhouse so right when you were there, too. Yeah. I mean, you guys were five years in a row ACC champs, yeah, something like AC, that? Yeah, we won. I won the very first ACC championship. Yeah. We won every year. Every year. Yeah. Every year. And that was a solid team. I mean, we had an I mean, amazing team. I mean, you had Charlie as a quarterback. Which obviously everyone knows, yeah. yeah Charlie worked. It's with. funny. Charlie was great, but you know, a lot of times we didn't realize how good Charlie was. We used to beat up on him in practice, like right. we used to kill him. Like the offense could not move the ball, so a lot of times we didn't really understand how good our offense was. So mm-hmm. they could never move the ball on us in practice. Why do you think that was? Our defense was so dominant. Or your defense, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had. It was very close. Did you? How was um, your relationship with Derek Brooks? I mean, Amazing. I mean, did he did he take you under his yeah. wing? And because you were just coming in right in the right? Marvin Jones was there because so, we graduated the same year yeah, of high school, '92, right? Yeah. So when I got there, Marvin Jones was there. Then we had Derek Brooks, Ken Adams, and all those guys. So right. It wasn't a situation where you felt like, okay, I'm coming, I'm gonna play. Yeah. We got Marvin Jones, Derek Brooks. <laughs> yeah. You're not playing. Right. So there's no need to. Waste that it's red shirt. Yeah, just go red shirt. Derek Brooks used to crack some people at the goal line, man. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, too. Marvin Jones, the best college linebacker I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've never seen a guy. No, he was, he he was, was a always, badass. He was always in perfect tackling position. Like, never right. out of position. Like, he would strike you and kill you. Mm-hmm. Brooks was a Brooks was the best tackler I've ever seen. He was a tactician. He was a tactician. Yeah, he was a tactician. And he was the fastest linebacker yeah. I've ever been around. Like, you know, he was a four three guy. Right. Brooks was a four three guy. Yeah. And you had the what'd fastest. You run? Huh? What'd you run? Four five. Yeah. You were yeah. four five. And four, you had the five. fastest defensive back I think in college football yeah. history. Corey Sawyer, wasn't he? Corey Sawyer. No, Corey Sawyer was actually slow. Was he slow? Yeah. Corey. Didn't he go? With, Corey Fuller was the fastest. Corey Fuller is the one I was thinking. Yeah. Corey Fuller was the fastest. Corey Fuller four three. Yeah. Two hundred ten pound big cornerback. But then we had, um, we call him little buddy. Um, little number, buddy? Number two. Um, oh, yeah, D, well, not, not Deion Sanders. No, no, no. He out of Texas. Not, roll? Not roll. Roll, he was a backup. Team. I'm trying to think of all the number twos. Um, what's that? Uh, what's short guy? God, number two. What is his name? You'd think I'd know, I'd remember all the short yeah, once guys. You, once you say, got me once, some. It'll come to me. All right, it'll, it'll come, come to you. Um, hey, John, can you? He was an All American. Yeah. He was an All American. Jonathan. He was an All-American? Yeah, the top cornerback, one of the top cornerbacks in the country. All right, so I'm totally failing the Florida State football quiz right now. He got drafted by Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he went to the Bucs. Yep. Really? Clint, All right, we're going to get back Abraham. to Abraham. 
Clifton Abraham, there you go. Yeah, here we are. Right, here we go. Yeah, so Clifton Abraham was pretty fast. Yeah. You know, you know, you know who else was really fast? We got to, all right, so, Henry, so the Henry, live Henry, podcast Henry, Henry is a little bit more of like <laughs> a little bit <laughs> an analog situation here. Yeah, Devin Bush was really fast. Yeah, Devin, yeah, he, and he was on that 93 team. Yeah, so we had, we had a really good defense. Uh, smart course. guys. A lot of right. smart, a lot of academic guys. Yeah. And I think that's what Florida State missing. They, they got a lot of talent, but they're not very smart. I look at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. They're always out of position. You know, I'm looking at the team now, and I'm looking at, like, compared to, like, a team like that, right? And just the, to me, the differences are obvious from a physicality standpoint. But you bring up a good point from the football intelligence standpoint, too. Right. Because, I mean, obviously, that's, that's being in the right position and closing the space as fast as possible. No matter how fast you are, if, if your mind isn't there, you know what I mean, then your legs yeah. aren't going to be there. Yeah. And not only that, like they, they, the offense now is so complex now. They do a lot of movement. So you have to recount. Right. And when you start seeing all these defense, when the offensive player move once and the defense run around, they got to adjust. That's not a defense that's pretty smart because you should be interchangeable. Yeah. I should know your job. You should know mine. So if they move over here, then I just play your position, you play mine. That's what Right. Everybody can play each other's positions. And so when you see a guy move on offense and that guy run with him, that means they're not confident that that guy knows the other position. Mm-hmm. Which is It makes sense. Insane. That's scary. Yeah. Scary. You look at you look at check out Belichick defenses. It don't matter what you do. They don't move. You know, it's kind of funny you bring that up because I'm, I'm a huge Dolphin. Are you Dolphin fans? <laughs> yeah. Right. Season ticket holder. I'll yeah. Get tomorrow. So, I mean, with the Brian Flores thing, I'm kind of like, should I be happy about this or should I not be happy about it because the guy that basically is in charge of those defenses? Yeah, I think what he's doing, he's stripping it. He's stripping everything stripping down. Stripping it down. And he just, you know what, he's evaluating everything. He's saying, you know, these guys think they're good, but they haven't bought into a system. You know, you look at New England, they have a system. And I just need you to be the best player you can be. Yeah. At your position. What I'm asking you to do. I don't need you to do his job or that job. I need you to be the best version of you. And a lot of guys can't take that. Right. You know, a lot of guys can't buy into that because they need that shine. They need that next contract. So it's tough. Well, you look at the Minka Fitzpatrick situation. It was kind of like. heard about that yesterday. Yeah, they, they agreed for him to seek a trade. And then now the rumors are floating that the Dolphins are asking for too much, which I don't think they should ask him for anything less than the number one for that situation. The guy's only in his second year. I mean, he's a number one pick, and he played good last he year. He played for Alabama. I mean, but the guy's got pedigree. But he's not good for that system. He's not good for that system. That's why I questioned the pick in the first place, because it wasn't really a need at the time. Like, everything was a need, but it was kind of didn't match the system that they were playing in. Yeah. But I thought Darren James better than him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused that would, with the whole system. Obviously, I wanted Derwin James, James, James to come to the Darren team. James. If you go take a safety, yeah. take Derwin James. Correct. Like, right. And he's and he's flourishing right now. All pro. Big time. Rookie, all pro. Yeah, big time. I, that, that was the pick to me. Um, if you weren't going to go quarterback, then that was the pick to me. Correct. Which I, I agree with not taking Josh Rosen in that situation. But but I don't, I don't but, know. But we Whatever. Got, what's the deal with, what do you think about Josh Rosen? I, I actually like Josh Rosen in college. I mean... I think he's a little. He looks frail for the NFL to me, and I don't. I don't think his balls as sharp as it should be. I mean, he's accurate, yeah. But he's just his ball just doesn't really have I think the pepper. He's a good player, but I think football is very funny. How, how, all right, let me ask you this, right? As an ex NFL player, the analysts, 
the guys like me, the fans, whatever, they could talk about locker room matters as much as we want. What's your take on that? Locker room does matter, but I think when you're in that locker room. Because I heard that he's not good in the locker room. He's not. He's one of those guys that he say everything you wish you could say. Like, I wish I could say the things that Josh right. Rosen didn't get away with saying. Like, he don't care. I mean, that's not good for your quarterback, though, right? Well, it's not It's not normal. A quarterback normally is more of a politician. Right. Because he has to get along with everybody. And with Josh Rosen is more just if he thinks it, if he really feels strongly, even though he might be right in what he's thinking, he just says it. No, no filter. No filter. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to make a team here. Well, you, 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 you have to like toe the line a little bit sometimes. It is. I think it goes back to what you said about it's the thing I practice here at work. It's the cross training, and you're only as strong as your systems. And um, I don't know what their story is or what their system is. So to buy into it, I'm I'm a little confused. I'm not playing for the team, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen to me. All right, to me, here's the thing: we need a loft in offensive line, and then you get a number two pick sitting there, a second round pick. Not a number two pick, but a second-round pick sitting there. To me, the play was a guard. And they traded away a guard that could have potentially started on a line that needed starters for, for an experiment that probably isn't going to work. Because now you look at the way the team's dismantling itself. Yeah. We're, we're setting ourselves up to draft a quarterback in the future. I mean, yeah. I think that's obvious, and right? And that was fine. But don't get rid of Larry Thompson. Well, we got two number one picks for him. But who are you gonna get for him? Like you got a perennial well, all pro. Gonna, like you, you got him. You, that, they, they don't. You know, they don't have a twenty-five-year-old all-pro tackle just on the street. But I think two number ones is what that took, though. Right. But why? For a quarterback, but you, st- you still need to get still need a tackle. To, still but need to get tackle. You already got one that's all-pro. Like you still need to get a tackle. So you're, you're right. gonna give up an all-pro twenty-five-year-old tackle? Correct. To get going to draft to draft a 23 or 24 year old in hopes that he become an all pro tackle. You have him already. Yeah. And you got him cheap. And you're probably going to get the number one draft pick anyway. You're going to get it anyway. Just get rid of that one. We're not winning the game this year. Yeah. It's like. Because that first game was ugly. I mean, it made me think that we should have drafted Lamar Jackson. I know. Which we got I, which maybe that's I more us than I, him, which though. Which I didn't understand. When people kept saying that he couldn't throw. Lamar Jackson's a great quarterback. He can throw, but if you look at his rookie year, it was the exact same as his freshman year at Louisville. Right. He re- he didn't really understand the offense that well, so he relied on his athletic ability a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So now he understands the offense. He can just make the decision. He can just throw it with confidence. I've been watching that kid since he was seven, eight years old. Yeah. He always can throw. Because he's right from uh, down the street right, here. Yeah, yeah. Play for the Pomelo Cowboys. How hard is that transition from college to NFL? Everybody's good. Um, right. It's like you, the ultimate all-star league, So when you right? come from, like, Florida State, it's not a big transition. Okay. Because you get everybody the best shot. And then the speed that we practice at, the speed that we play at, you know, is comparable to the NFL. You play in the Miamis, the Floods, the Notre Dames every year. So you play on big stages. So it's probably harder for a smaller guy, small school guy to come. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's trying to get to that next level at Florida State, so it's not a big transition. But the only thing I noticed was the linemen, everybody can run. The linemen. I mean, the offensive line, defensive line, everybody can run. Like, right. And the game was so fast, you know what I mean? Just like you have to know what, you, know what you're doing because you got quarterbacks that eat sleepless. My first game against 
my first game I started with was uh, John Elway. Mm-hmm. And he he came and looked. He, he walked up to the line and smiled at me. And I was guarding Shannon Sharp. <laughs> That's not and, intimidating or anything. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I see you, rookie. So I could tell the formation. He moved the wide receiver away to the opposite side. And he forced me to be one-on-one with Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp had an inside release. And he killed me on the first plate. I, I ended up making a tackle. But for the next five plays, all the plays was coming right at me. And I was the only rookie I had. Kanez Bennett, Jesse Tucker, all these veterans on the defense. He wanted to see if I was comfortable, if I could play, if I knew what I was doing. But you run against, you go up against guys like that every week, you know, that are, you know, just sharp. Like, you heard the comment that Brady said, why would I retire now? It's like having the answer to the test. Right, right. Like, I know he, he, he fascinates me. No, I know I'm not a Patriots fan, but. I mean, they can't do anything with him, man. Keeps winning. Because what the hell? The guys Why would you leave? The guys that are coming to the league are not mentally as sharp as him. They don't study like he studies. They're not on point. And they make a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And he just sits back there and just picks them apart. He's having so much fun right now. You look at him like a kid in the candy store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Living the dream. I always I say living the dream. That's living the dream. He can play to 50. Right. <laughs> I, I, I really yeah. believe he's, yeah, he's, really he's in, ama- he's right in amazing shape. It's not yeah. all that the head just comes first, but it, he's, yeah. he does the damn thing. His body's in does, he has got, He's got that thing he does, the TB12. TB12. Right, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, do you miss Tallahassee? Um, well, Tallahassee wasn't what, I mean, we had a great time. Right? Yeah. How is it? You know, I mean, well, I can't really say how is it being like student athlete versus just a regular. You don't have as. Much you gave time. me a really, really good smile right there. Like, we, we, don't a have good a, time. we don't have as much. No, he said it. He got me perked up too. I'm ready to talk. So you guys were in Florida State together? No, 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 not at the same time. No, no, no. But all I did was have a good time. So. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, if you want, listen. I'm listening. Tallahassee is one of those places. Like, even right now, to this day, when I go back and I just see the kids walking around, like man, it's, it's a place to be. Yeah. And you got to understand, it's a true college town. I, so yeah. everything is ran by the college students, you know. And you got time. Yeah, time. I mean, you got you're taking two, three classes a day. Like, if you want to set your classes, well, they're only on Tuesday and Thursdays. Right. You can yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Shit. I mean, you, got, uh, you, got, you go to bars and there's a dollar of beers and shit. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you can, they had nickel, you don't need a lot of money. Beer. I, didn't, I didn't go to Florida State. I went to Ringling Art School, yeah. but I've I've spent like months at a time at, in Tallahassee. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, that town and I nice know each other pretty well. Like you can have twenty dollars. We know each other you can real have $20 well. Twenty dollars in Tallahassee and have a hell of a time. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Twenty dollars. Yeah. All right, late night bowling close the whole, yeah. whole oh. night. Yeah, for sure. No, none of that's there anymore. It's kind of that was kind of depressing. It's gone. I haven't been. In a yeah, long I, time. I went back just last season, and then I was back ten years before that. So the transition, and then about ten years before that. So. Yeah, I live a much more conservative lifestyle now. Yeah, like, a lot's changed. What it got? College Town now. College Town, which was on the late night library, was over in that area. Other than that, that was just like the hood, pretty if much. If, you, if if my mom calls. Tell them at the library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those shirts. Yeah. So, so um, obviously, Florida State Seminoles are playing um, Virginia you know, tonight, and we're all, all three of us at this uh, table are hopeful. Uh, we talked about your time at Florida State. We talked about a little bit of your time in the NFL. Um, obviously, we're at Papa's, the beautiful mecca of 
uh, seafood that that is popular. And then we got to throw that. We got to throw the question that you threw at me that I think you stopped throwing anymore. I, I, Henry's. All right. I don't want right. to see. I want right. to see what Henry says. All right. You ready? Here's the question. The ultimate question. Mm-hmm. Well, the name of the podcast is Connected by Water. Yeah. He's Henry. gonna have a good answer. Henry, I hope better than mine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Crackett, how are we connected by water? How oh, we're connected by water. <laughs> I see what happened was. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My, I wanna, he asked me, and I, I just wanted to go, so I was like, "Well, we're all, I think we're all made of water." Yep. Right. And, uh, I said, I, "I poop in water," so that I had I had to move. So right. Tr- Troy likes to, wants me to ask everyone this question now because he wants me to stump everybody. But right. I, know. It is. I can tell you one reason. One way we're connected by water is through this place, actually, and that's that's how we're connected by water. This is what connected by water is all about. Yeah. Is, is really making connections and building community, and um, you know, bringing everyone together. In our na- in our like our native and local area, uh, Pompano Beach, which is connected by water, There's water right. throughout this entire place. Very fluid. Um, anywhere in South Florida, especially in this region below Stewart and all the way down to the Keys, is all connected by water um, from one side of the state to the other. Um, but speaking of building community and building things like that, you have a Crockett Foundation. Yes. I definitely want to give that the time it deserves on this okay, podcast. Cool. So, uh, if you're yeah, willing you and able, event, to, right? Yeah, if you're willing and able to talk about the Crockett oh, yeah. Foundation to bring the noise, it. please. I love it. Well, I mentioned that the Crockett Foundation is to build character, develop leaders, and improve communities one child at a time. And we try to do that by trying to impact the lives, not just the kids, but the families. Um, we have like a holistic approach to our program. I really, I had a, a meeting with our families last week, and I talked to them. I said, we are a family. Now, everything I try and do, I try and run our organization as a family. I give everybody a seat at the table to voice their opinions, their concerns. That's the only way you can truly help people. It's a meeting where they're at and to make them, uh, to make yourself vulnerable enough that they can open up to you. Mm-hmm. And, and we have, uh, in every program that I have, I always set up a certain amount of funds to help families. We call it flex funds. So if one of our families, are, you know, during the hurricane, we really had to put that to test uh, because a lot of families out of work, the roofs was all torn up. And then that was a way for us to really work with families. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Some of them needed food. So that's meal. going beyond the education yeah, arm of what you guys do. Because you got to, you got to meet them where they're at in order to get them to the point where they can take care of the education piece. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you don't know what these kids go through before they get to the school. I had one kid um, while I was at the school. It just happened to be there early in the day. One of my good kids is at in the office. I'm like, man, that kid never, like, that's a really good kid. What you doing here? And he said, Mr. Crockett, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what's wrong? So I talked to the counselor. Like, well, he was he was rude to the teacher, and 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 he, he got upset with the teacher and walked out. So I pulled him to the side. I said, you can't do that. What's going on? He said, Mr. Crockett, you know, I got up and I didn't have any breakfast. Had no, no, I had no uh, milk for the cereal. Got dressed in the dark because the lights off. I got on Miss Max socks, showed me socks, um, and I had to get my sister ready for school. Had to get her to school. And when I get here, she mad because I don't have paper and a pencil. I just don't have it. So, like they should have the basic things. Here, so what I said right? to the I said to the teacher like at, at the very least, as much as he went through to get here. Man, he should he should be he should be uh, rewarded for just getting here. Mm-hmm. And in the grand scheme of things, not having a pencil, what does that really fall? You know what I mean? In his life, he got dressed in the dark. He don't have he, he don't have no electric. He got nothing to eat. Like in the grand scheme of things, give him a damn pencil. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I like what you said, meeting them where they're at, though, it's the same thing, same Correct. responsible for a teacher. You want to be an influence. You've got to get on the same page. Yeah. So all our programs. Awareness. Yep. So all our programs, I try to incorporate the, uh, the empathy piece. You have to be mm-hmm. empathy for people. To really care about people, you have to have some empathy for them. And so that's what I always try to do. But at the same time, we also try and put on events that's really impacts the families. Like we do our back to school event, but it's more of a community health festival. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just giving kids backpacks like you the neighborhood pimp. Where do you do that? We do it at my high school. <laughs> like John Gotti style. Yeah. yeah. I forced I partnered right. with I partnered out of the back of the Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> Bowden. I partnered with Children's Service Council. <laughs> I partnered with Children's Service Council. I partnered with Holy Cross Hospital of Broward Health and University of Miami and Nova to come in uh, give out free health care. So in order to get these book bags and school supplies, you got to go through these vendors, which is um, Children's Service Council, Holy Cross, Brown Health, Nova University mm-hmm. of Miami, get your, get your health check, cholesterol, uh, we do physicals, immunization. So you're integrating health services Correct. into this pro- Wow, that's awesome. And I create, right? a, I, create a, I create a passport called a health. Oh, good for you, man. Passport to health. Yeah, nice. So now, once you give me three stamps, you went to these places. Now you can get in line to get the free shoes, the free backpack, school supplies. Right. Because I always say the ones that need it the most, you almost got to force feed them. You got to kick them in the butt a little bit because yeah. a lot of times they got pride too. That you know they you know they're embarrassed to ask for help, and sometimes you got to let them know that help is here for you. You know, what I mean, put them in a position where they're not feeling like they're begging or you know. Because at the end of the day, they're prideful. They want to be able to do for their family just in a rough, rough, rough spot right now. So what we try to do at a Craig Foundation, we just try and make an impact on a daily basis. And we try and just work with the families. And we try and connect the dots. We try and get kids at an early age to identify who I want to be and what I want to do and connect the dots and encourage them to spend the rest of their life chasing, chasing yeah. that. And if you know, like even though my brother and I play NFL, the only sports that we really do in our program is golf. Golf. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? Because oh, yeah. I, I can, I can, lot of I can chime like, in on something about that. Yeah. But free, free. I mean, but tell I believe, me first. I believe a lot. Of, uh, I believe a lot of uh, deals made on the golf course. I believe uh, to be, you play golf, you have to have your emotions in check. It makes you think. You know what I mean? So I try, and also they're not exposed to it, and they think it's corny. So I try to get them to do things that they're not. Normally, they would normally out do out of the comfort zone, out of their comfort yeah. zone, and then when they get out there, you know, they feel like you know it works, and they get older and they're exposed to it. That's great. My son, um, you know, when you got a kid, you want to see like, what sport are you going to be good right. at, and you know, maybe you should just play soccer so you can run and yeah. like just get the energy out yeah. and, and things like that. So, we're trying to, my son is six years old, we're still working through some stuff, but based upon his behavioral pattern. In his, he's saying he's going to play golf. We got him a set of golf clubs for his birthday uh, back in this summer. But the things that you mentioned there, where it keeps you within yourself, you got to like keep you know your mind focused and everything. Those are like the things he needs in life. So we're kind of looking at the way to relate a sport in some way to his kind of behavioral pattern. And golf seems to be fitting that notion. You got to be consistent too, like with golf, like. You can't just do it once. You can have you have a you know you play golf. You know you go in and get that great shot. Oh, what a great shot! Yeah. In the next ten, you're in the water. <laughs> yeah, horrible. I suck. Why am I even here? It forces yeah. you to keep your head down. You got to be consistent. You got to do everything right all the time. And you get you can't get away with 
half-assing it or not doing it right this time, right. It, it shows. It tells on you. No, and you got to yeah. play it all the time, and then you got to keep your head sharp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no taking any plays off. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You play golf at all ever? I stopped playing because it's hard to take serious and put in the put in the time and effort. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah it's it's a I, I got good. I wanted to play, and I like being out there. There are deals that are made out there, and I was playing twice a week, and I was in a nine nine hole league. Mm-hmm. And I got. Oh, good. you played in a league. I played in a little nine hole league. I mean, I didn't get great. I was down in the eighty, in the, like was in an eighty one. Right. Know, but that was great for oh, me wow. coming from like a. Eighty one's good. Hundred and twenty. But then yeah. I. Then, you, play, you playing? You play? I go out there. Yeah, then but then you don't then then you don't play a little bit. So you you got to play. You got to play. You got to right. play. Yeah, you gotta yeah. play. If you want to be good, you got to play twice a week. That, that's 100%. what I've heard, and that's yeah, what worked for me. Kind of early to hit the range. Repetition. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, I mean, now you guys are offering a lot of scholarships for your foundation as well. Well, every kid gets a scholarship, uh, and the thing that they have to do and keep, to keep it at no cost, they have to show up every day, and and you can't leave early. So it's a commitment. Right. So in order to keep it at no cost and give you this scholarship, then your idea is that you got to show up, you got to make good grades, you got to have good attitude, and you got to give back. Mm-hmm. So we, we forced them to come up with um, one um, event every year that they want to give back to their community, and the kids work on it. So they commit to that, and the parents have to commit to it. We meet with the parents because if you don't get buy-in from the parents, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the kids. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? So everything true. they do, like we do parent events. Once a month, we try and get the parents all together. I don't care. Like sometimes we do like a bowling tournament. The kids against their parents, mm-hmm. right here at the bowling alley, right here down the street on Federal. Like we had the kids go against the parents just so they could see what we do on a daily basis and get buy-in from the parents. So so far so good. It's been great. Um, but the, the idea is just I don't overthink it. Everything that we do in the organization is about exposing these kids because I know what it's like to live in an area that's three miles from the beach and never went to the beach growing up. Never went past Boca, but until I met Dr. Cannell, Danny Cannell's dad, who right. came into my life, and he's the one got me into golf. He got me going to the arts. He got me going to like different restaurants. Houston was the first what restaurant. Part of the arts. Well, film. We film. Go to, we, okay. we go to a lot of movies, like, yeah. a lot of plays, and all these yep. things. So, took me to Houston for the first time. So even to this day, me and Dr. Cannell, we still find cool restaurants, and we're trying to try a different restaurant all the time. Now we talk about the things to do with the kids and how to mentor them and how to be over your kids. So mm-hmm. I knew what it did for me versus the kids in my neighborhood that didn't have a Dr. Cannell. I was able to see a lot further and I was able to like dream a lot bigger than they could. And some of them were more talented than me, but they just didn't know what was out there. So that's when I, overall, like every program that we have is about exposing these kids at an early age. You know what I mean? You, you only mm-hmm. know what you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to turn that light on for you. And that's what we do at the Crocker Foundation. How can I expose these kids to things that they wouldn't normally do? They all going to play football. Like, you know, it's force fed. And Pompano, every kid knows yeah. football. I don't, yeah, I don't care really if you're on the east side, west fabric. side, whatever. Yeah. It's, a part of this, it's, crazy. it's part of this community. But you know what? It's less than 1% of us can do that. Mm-hmm. But you right. know what? If I expose them to being, you know, in the culinary arts or being a doctor, being an attorney, being a lawyer, in IT, hell, 100% of us can do that. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. So if we pan the odds, and I tell them all the time, hell, I retired at 36, 35, 36. Even if you, football, basketball, baseball is a great jump start to life. Even if you make it and you're successful, you play 10, 15 years, hell, man, you retire, you're 37 years old. What the hell are you going to do the rest of your life? Right. So no matter, even if you make it, 
you still need to have something to fall back on. So you got the you rest of your do. life to do something because with. Because yeah. you, you realize, even the ones that don't need the money, when they retire, if they don't have nothing that they can go into, they end up on the damn news doing mm. crazy stuff. You know? yeah. yeah. And they don't need to work, but they're just having something. You're so competitive. You're so used to regimen, getting up every day, going somewhere, doing something, and doing something that you care about and you love. You have to replace that with something. You have right. to replace that with something that you really genuinely care about and you really love. If you don't, in that mind, it's the worst thing to do is sit and idle. Right. If you got time. Is it the oh. devil's playground? What is that what they say? Idle hands? The devil's yeah, playground? Yeah. You Especially know, when, you, when you have that competitive nature about you. You know what I mean? You love to compete. Yeah. I always think that, too. And you always hear this um, story. Or you even see it right in front of your face. Um, talented athletes their whole lives their whole lives even through, as kids and through school all through high school even through college and they just can't convert that to a professional life right. and it's like well man you are so freaking good yeah. and now what do you do with that if you didn't convert that to a professional life that's tough man because yeah. yeah. you put all your eggs in that basket yeah. you where stop. are you going to go you from here team. you know home depot and the nfl combined to do which i thought but I th they, they started a pilot program last year uh, they believe that NFL players can be great leaders. So they created a leadership program where they put them over, they bring you in, train you, put you over a couple stores. Mm -hmm. And so far, so good. Uh, OJ Santiago is one of the first ones, to, my teammate in Atlanta. He started a pilot program. It's been successful so far. But yeah, you I've have never to. Heard of that. Yeah, you have to. I replace haven't heard it. of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're doing a great job with that. That's one of the few things that NFL is doing good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Every, everything else is pretty surface level, but they're. Yeah. But you got to give them a for effort. They're really trying to find ways to, you know, for life after football for these guys that, you know, it's been so much of who you are. Right. And that's and that's the biggest problem. Like you know, and they've done away with a lot of veterans in the NFL. When I came in the NFL, everybody in my locker room was 10, 12 year veterans. I was the only rookie. Mm -hmm. They taught me how to be professional, taught me not to waste money on stupid stuff, taught me how to dress, how to come and work every day. They taught me how to be a professional. Like now, um, it's not that way because. That's going to be tough if you're going to get drafted with the Dolphins this year. <laughs> well, uh, you're not going to have that kind of well, leadership. No, well, no, no one is going to have it. No, yeah. It's only a few teams that have it, like Pittsburgh, um, New England, because we, we had this. Um, we created something called the Veteran Minimum in like 1990, in 1997. Right. Because we really believe that, and the players voted unanimously to do this, we believe that guys that have been playing seven, 18 years shouldn't be making the same much as a rookie coming in. Through the Players Association? Yes. Yeah. So we worked a deal with the NFL Players Association, worked a deal, and we voted to, if you've been playing like things like six years, five, six years, we got the Veteran Minimum. Mm -hmm. you, had to make a, you had to make a minimum of 800000 so now you, these guys that own these NFL teams are businessmen. Mm -hmm. So it worked good for the initial guys, but now they saying to myself, "Shit, the minimum right now ain't number three hundred thousand dollars, right. and I got to pay this guy over here nine hundred, and he doing them running down on special teams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shit, I can, yeah, I can yeah. get three guys for that price. So it started weeding out all the veterans." So now you don't have that veteran guy that probably he probably didn't score ten touchdowns, but he was a great locker room guy. He was that guy that was sitting down with that young guy you just got drafted. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. So now right you don't. The scenes, yeah. So now if you they calling guys veterans year three and four, fucking three four, you couldn't even open your mouth in the locker room when I was playing. But now that veteran minimum killed it. 
Like, what year did you guys go to the Super Bowl? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yep. So you're in the league. You're in the league for like four years. Got my second year. Second, was that second, second year? year? Mm-hmm. I, went, I, I went to art school, so math is not my freaking <laughs> thing. So, so how was that? I mean, Super it was Bowl. Great. I mean, Coming I mean, home, man, you know. Um, I heard stories about people like walking out for for warm-ups and just like throwing up on the field i mean is it like that much of a nerve-wracking situation i have heard that it's almost florida state man come on <laughs> no but i'm saying mom look i don't know look at me i'm freaking five foot six i didn't play professional football i don't know i'm asking a question they probably thought of that they were out last night <laughs> but no nah, the, the super bowl is almost like a such a big production yeah I, I remember i remember share share performed uh, she's on the national anthem. Where, where was it at? Dolphin Stadium. What was it? Yeah, it was yeah. here. Yeah, he's here. Joe oh, Rod- wow, that must Joe have been Rod- cool. Your whole family cool. probably yeah, show for that. Oh yeah, man, that was, that was probably a great moment for you. Was, was it Joe Robbie then, or it was pro yeah. player? Joe. Joe it's Robbie. Joe Robbie. Yeah. So yeah. Like, man, I couldn't believe how beautiful Cher was and how great shape she was. So that's what you're taking out of your Super Bowl experience. <laughs> 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 Cher was a great <laughs> to be honest with you, that's the only thing I remember her walking by me. That was the Super Bowl, Henry. Oh, Cher looked had, awesome. She had, a white beat, she had a white beat on with some jeans. I'm like, damn, this lady fine. <laughs> that's his God in the shoe. That's what I remember the most about the Super Bowl. But it, it, took, awesome. it took so yeah. long for us to get going. Yeah. Because they had to get all that production stuff out of the way. Like, you, you come out to warm up to play the game, and it's another hour before you play. It's a big production. It's a yeah. big production. Like, you He's back here again up. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how did you guys meet? I mean, how are how you guys connected through this whole thing? We met for, I'll give a shout out to, I think, Jason Pepitone, right? Yep, Jay Pep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pep, I wanted to do, I'm, he's no mean, I think, since I was a baby. It's hard to believe he's a, is he a great, great grandpa, Jay? Yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he might be a great grandpa. He's a he's a grandpa for sure. Yeah, I know Eileen and Chip. Yeah, Eileen and, and Chip. You know, believe it or not, are they the, coming tonight? Today? No, no. They're no, coming. no. Um, I want to have Chip on the podcast. Because oh yeah, it'd be great. He's a big proponent of the Everglades Clean Water. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's here. So this is connected by water. Is yeah, the name yeah. of the show. I would oh, definitely yeah, want to perfect. have him on and talk I'll about that. Yeah, he, he'll yeah. love to. He love to talk. So yeah. love and to I know Chip. I know Chip through. Chip is great. Through, see, he graduated. He went to Gibbons. I think he graduated in '87 with like my brother. And Chuck Faust and Bill May and like a whole bunch of other, you know, older guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you a quick story. Because uh, um, when I first hired Eileen, she was like, believe it or not, a lot of people in Pompano don't really know about the Crockett Foundation. I'm like, huh? So she was like, you know, we got to start finding awareness. That's when she came to you guys. Yeah, we, I remember we, we met did, at Seafood World. And you guys did that um, big fundraiser for us. We did a fundraiser here. I think we raised 20, close 000, to. 20, yeah. No, of course, really? to thirty grand. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and the very first time we ever raised, fucking we, we just opened. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We took over that whole back room. We it took was a, it was just in that back room there. We put That's a tent all. outside, but everybody was in that back room, and it was a paid for event. Yep. Um, so I got to tell you the the truth is when um, Troy was on the podcast, he, you know, I'm like, you know, um, we were talking about what we were trying to accomplish and everything like that, and then he started instantly telling me a bit about your foundation, yeah. and and I said, bring him on, you know. I'm a, Freaking Florida State hardcore Florida State fan. I'm like, absolutely. Bring Henry no, but what, what we I'm, do is um, I started reading up about the foundation. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing foundation. Yeah, yeah. no, we've been we've All been right, close since then because it, no, it's um, Henry's doing great things. Yeah, and, and I love how he puts it out there and getting back to the kids because. That's what it's all about, and the, and the families in order to reach the kids. Like everything he's saying is just amazing, right? And right. Got, That's why I was so quiet. And it's, just, and it's great. Like it's, it's like, a, like I said, it's like a family restaurant. You know, what I mean, they've been they opened the doors for us. 
Even if I call, I'm on the highway. Hey, Troy, listen, bring in the family. Okay, I'm going to call Cassie. <laughs> we caught a bomb. Yeah. So, um, and, well, it's tough they, not to warm up to these. No, guys. but it's been a great. It's been an uh, amazing help to us. Like even our big event, I can call. They give us stuff for the silent auction and all this thing. They always get a support us. Like I say, the right. very first time we ever had an event that you know we raised money, we did it here. And ever since then, they've been a uh, huge supporter of us. Thank you for that, always. I remember we did have to, uh, and so you had a share on your mind. I had these, uh, we had cheerleaders here that day that were walking around with her ass hanging out. And I was the, thanks to, I think Jay hired those girls too. And my wife, my mom looked at me and they're like, hey, what are you doing to raise money, Troy? <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah, I think we had, we had them go buy some, some, under, some undergarment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. They were changing an office. I was high out of my mind back then. So it was a yeah. That was <laughs> those were the days, right? Troy was, was, the, the Troy was on the podcast when they did the Troy and Cassie podcast. Like the basically it was like I had no idea. This is completely unscripted. Like all this stuff, this yeah. entire podcast. Like I never want like there to be any sort of formality or anything like that. And I'm like Troy. I had known each other, you know, pretty decently. You know what I mean? But. I was like, all right, you come on, Connected by Water. Was, I think it was our second episode. Yeah. We were our second ever podcast. And I'm like, he's like, what are you going to talk about? I don't know. Whatever, just come on. Shoot the shit. And he comes on, he starts laying all this stuff. Oh, my former life and like all the, you know. We the, did. The, we talked about yeah, my, my like stripper name. I'm like, all right, we can go down that yeah. road. Go ahead. Wait, my penis name? I mean, right, yeah. Yeah. My mom's watching. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, said, no, mom, filter, we're going no. live at Papa's tonight. No, You're gonna filter. watch. My right? mom just left. So, but you know, hi, the, mom. You know the cool thing I always tell people all the time, man. In order, to, in order to be able to tell people how to go through them, how to, you got to go through some yourself. Yeah. Like some of the, you know, right. the greatest teachers been through a lot, man. And that's hard having children. Yeah. yeah. Circle back to the children and tell you know I care a lot about my kids and for me to have to kind of quiet it down yeah, sometimes yeah. and let them live. You know, that's one thing my dad did for me. But it's hard to let them live because I know what's I know what they should be doing and what's better for them. So it's hard to. to we, do that. You know, one of the things that we talked about on the when you were on the podcast before is honesty, and I want to bring that up again. Because yeah. When you talk about the kids, yeah. And honesty and kind of bridging that gap. I mean, especially you, because you almost you live more of a public life than we have. Right. You know what I mean? So anything that you've done might have been a little bit more out. Yeah. Um. So you know, it, it's tough. I think you know communicating that to your kids my kids are six and eight they're starting to get older and i'm starting to notice that i need to really speak to them differently now yeah. about myself about whatever and like it what, is, but then even just you because you're doing it, that just because you're doing it doesn't mean that for me i'm all out there but just because you're doing it that doesn't mean that you're gonna have to expect it back from them like somebody told me last year to talking about my story and i've been right. on a story kick correct because you know, it just took all this pressure off me and i thought wow that's my story that's okay and now sometimes i have to realize for my kids that that's just their story too yeah. So to find that space, yes, I'm a parent, but at the same token, I mean, these kids got to develop and go through the experiences themselves too. So it's yeah, no, you're it's right. A lot. But I mean, it's um, I don't know. Man. It's 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 always a, a, a situation for me in my head, like to be like, all right, well, I told you, I spent months at a time in Tallahassee. And it's like, well, did they ever need to find out about that, or, or did they, you know, it's like, when did they find out about that? Or I don't think you uh, you plow yeah, it out to them, them, but if they if they ask, yeah. But I, yeah. I do my, I tell, I, I have I have adult conversation with my kids. I talk to them about life. I talk to them about challenging themselves. I talk to them about expectations. I talk to them a lot of times about like even last night. Sometime in life is about who you know. Yeah. You not I mean. 
We talked like the, relationships. the, the Dr. You got, you Canal got, thing is yeah. like a huge influence for you. Yeah. And those things matter. It matters. Relationships yeah. that you build matters. That like you have to build organic relationships, real relationships. Yeah. And you can't do it alone. Right. Like I know a lot of people that's talented, but they didn't have the right help around. They didn't have the right people around. And it's important that not only being talented, but you gotta have a good supporting cast. You gotta have people that's gonna help you. Agreed. I always tell you, you gotta have somebody that's gonna help fan your flame. Uh, I tell Mike, I'm the biggest cheerleader. Even though I'm tough on them, they're biggest cheerleader. I agree. I, I'm tough I on mean, my son, but I, I want him I want him to understand set goals. We talk about goals every day, which we didn't, I didn't you didn't tell me your goals today, buddy. Um every day. Every day every game you play we talk about you're goals. You're making me you're making me goals. feel inefficient right now. No, no goals, awareness. Awareness yeah, you're right. grateful, awareness you're grateful. So huge, like, That's what I talk about. Do you know where I'm coming from? Because I can yell at my son all day. But now that's what I start off to aware. Can we practice the awareness and get back to it? Because my son, once I start yelling at him, he's shut down. They're, they're yeah. shut down. So you got to get on their level like you were talking about. Yeah. But um, aware, awareness has been, that's where I try and break down everything to my kids. Are you aware of what you're doing? Are you aware of the impact you're having right. on me as a parent? And right. to talk to a kid like this, my parents didn't talk to me that way. Yeah, my no, mom take sure. off her shoe and beat the shit out of me. Yeah, no, I, I grew up in a very conservative household, too, so it's like that, too. Yeah. Uh, I want to I wanna say, today we, put, we posted up on Facebook that uh, we were going to have a mystery guest. And that person has arrived. Oh, yeah. I didn't even so see a sneak in. He has arrived. And you know what? Hey, Matt. Come on, man. I got some Bring the noise, baby. Put the headphones on. Matt Buck, Former Cardinal Gibbons. We all went to Gibbons with Henry. Yep. State. I almost went to Gibbons. Right, nine fellow fellow Cardinal Gibbons graduate myself. Hello, yeah, you're sir. Have to loop back right, around. So you want to go chair. back? Yeah, actually, put the headphones underneath the thing. Underneath, and there you go. So Matt Dubuck, fellow Cardinal Gibbons graduate with myself, played at Texas Tech, played in the Canadian Football League, and he is the current head coach of Cardinal Gibbons football and current reigning. State, State champion. champion. Yes, I couldn't be yes. more proud of the gentleman that's across the table from me right now. I appreciate that. It was uh, it was a good uh, good year last year. Great year. And uh, we're having a good start to this year, so we're going to keep that going and uh, hopefully uh, give us an opportunity to be right back where we were a year ago. I say I always say that one of the most the biggest prerequisite for this show is you got to be kind and you got to be humble, and you're the ultimate epitome of that. So you got to bring the noise for me today. Um, don't, don't let it fool you now. He's tough. I know he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, I used to do up-downs with this guy. I used to like, you know, go head-to-head with this guy, and he used to kick my ass all the time. So trust me, I know exactly what Matt Dubuck is. So, yeah, well, he was I, hardcore. I appreciate that. Uh, Henry and I had a few battles. and yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to hear the story. You said you were waiting for him to come. Yeah. I, I, was gotta, t- I was trying to tell him, like, you know, when we first, you know, they had uh, Shiki Press and Donnell Bennett and um, – what is his name? Child? Antoine Child. Antoine Child. Childs, yep. So they all graduated and left. So we played them in, was it Jamboree? Yeah, we played at our place. We played with Jamboree. And um, so we think that we're going to go and kick their ass and all this stuff. You know, they, their horses are gone. All we know about this guy that played hockey, ice skate, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ice skating, the hockey, what was it you was playing? Yeah, yeah, ice skating. Yeah. <laughs> ice skating. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, ice skating. <laughs> we could not fucking tackle this guy. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. We could not tackle him. Like, he used to make this sharp cut. I'll never forget. It was like, I just, you know, it was one of those nights that you just like, you just got to chalk it up. 
Matt nothing. was slick, man. He, he made great cuts. Yeah. He was low. He was very made great cuts. I couldn't get a hit on him. Was that 100 years ago? Yeah. yeah. You know, Matt, listen, when you put your foot in the ground, dude, no one knew where you were going. Well, I'll say this. You know, it, I don't like looking too far back anymore. I, yeah. I like looking <laughs> forward. And I and uh, we played Fort Lauderdale last night. And we, we had a Good nice win. win. Good win. But I'll tell you this. Bring it a little Friday, closer. Friday night lights, you know, you try to find that somewhere. In, in America, and I, I played in, in college and, and recruited in West Texas and Odessa, Permian, places like that, where college or high school football is like the epitome of life. And I think over the last three years at Gibbons, we've created a little bit of that. Not, I can't say we're putting 20,000 in the seats, but we get 3,000, you know, 2,500 people at our place. It, it is the place to be. It's the, the talk of town. It's it's a great atmosphere for these kids, and you know we I had a meeting today after with our offense today, and I said, guys, if we do our job over the next few weeks, we'll be hosting another playoff game, and everybody's eyes light up because those playoff games that we hosted, four of them last year, were some of the craziest games, and when I'm talking crazy games, but I'm talking that heritage fan, game was just like the fan base was just unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, that's what it's all about at our level. You know, it's not Florida State or Texas Tech or any of these places where they get 60,000 people in these huge stadiums. It's, it's 2,500 people packed in watching the game and being dialed in. And, and I think that's, um, that's what keeps me coming back, you know, year in and year out. That's awesome. So I think I could speak for every Cardinal Gibbons graduate, especially of the class of 92, that say we are extremely proud of you. I appreciate that. I mean, I that I mean, what you did for all of us. I mean, with with the way you case stepped in and it took Mike's um, position over and turned this into something really truly special. Yeah. I mean, it. What well, you know? It's almost kind of like, um, all right, there goes Matt off to journey to Texas Tech and, and your football life. You build your football life, right? And what you've thought through, what you've accomplished, and what you developed in your mind about that. You took all those assets, you brought that back to Gibbons, right? And it shows, and um, you built something really, truly special. You, you've really reconstructed this program. That's well, amazing. Well, I th you know, I, I think... And Mike's done a great job. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? He, so I don't want to take anything yeah. from Coach Morrill or anything, but really, Matt, you, it's impressive. Well, what Henry can tell you, just, you know, if the administration's behind you, you know, that's number one. you got to have the administration. And, and our, our principal that just retired, Paul Ott, you know, is been there for 45 years you know when I took the job we were very detailed on what we wanted to accomplish and he was on board you know there's a lot of places you know Henry's you know uh, alma mater you know I don't know if they have the same vision at times and uh, I think that's why you'll see some programs go up and down you know Mike was always a always was able to keep it steady but I've been able to kind of take that next step you know, and again, it, it all goes on hard work, administration, and good group of people around you, and um, creating the environment that the kids want to be a part of. And you know, we have a, you know, we're air raid. You know, we throw the ball a lot. You know, I think that attracts a lot of kids and quarterbacks. And but I'll tell you what, we've done a great job of is playing defense over the last three years. And you know, they say defense wins championships. I don't know if I can argue with that. I mean, yeah. our defense played great last year. 
or for three years since I've been the head coach. And, you know, we, we lost a lot of guys. You know, uh, Chris Bogle of Florida. And, you know, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, everybody just kind of left us for dead. And uh, right now our defense has outplayed our offense this year and has been lights out. And against Miami Northwestern, they gave up 13 points. That's phenomenal. And, I, I, you know, not Miami Northwestern is maybe one of the best teams in the, in, in the country. So, you know, when you can play defense and then obviously have an offense like we have um, where we spread the ball around the guys that can, you know, make plays, it, you know, you, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, we were last night, we were the, the end zone away from the student section. I, I was looking at the clock trying to, you know, hold off to score a touchdown on the other end because our guys get so so pumped up. They go shake hands in the end zone. It's almost like the flop in uh, Green Bay. And, uh, you know, that's the environment. You know, the, the guys feed off of it. It's a great place for a home game. And, and I just, I'm, I'm happy to be the head coach there and do something that, uh, you know, you, 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 like you said earlier, I've, I've had a lot of um, journeys. You take the good and the bad, you process it, and you see what works in your program, and you build a program that way. And that's kind of what we've done over there. I think it definitely shows you've had a lot of success in a very short period of time, and it's amazing. How do you have you guys connected um, previous to this? Well, I was telling you, some of the, one of the kids in our pro, my program is out there. I saw I talked to him today. He was at the Miami game, Gerald. And Gerald's an interesting cat, and but he needs someone like Coach DeBuck. And he could be, you know, one of those kids that you want to do right, but you know, he just like he just has so much uh, uh, disappointment in his life. So he, he needs that father figure, and sometimes, you know, he don't want to hear the, the truth, but he needs somebody that's going to tell him the truth. And sometimes he can get away from that, but he always comes back. Yeah. And so I was happy. I remember when he wanted to – his biggest thing is he wanted to play football. He was a big kid, wanted to play football. He wanted to go to these private schools, these St. Tony's and all these other schools he wanted to go Is to. he at Gibbons right now? Yeah, Gibbons. Yeah. What left position tackle. does he play? Yeah, left tackle. tackle. Left committed to Florida. Committed to Florida. Big kid, big baby. What year is he? He's a junior or senior? Senior. The senior. Senior right now. And just like I would always have to work on him because he had a lot of people give up on him. Like, you know, so he needs someone in his life that's going to tell the truth. That's and, great, Harry. And now you get to the point sometimes. Sometimes he rebel on it because, you know, you know, he wants certain things, but a lot of times he don't know how to get it. And so you always need people in that corner that's going to tell you the truth regardless of the, of the outcome. It might certain not be. certain things like what, though? Like when you say, like, like he, I mean, he wanted to go to a, a private school, right? Right. And I wanted him to go to a private school because I didn't feel like I could put him in an Ely. Mm-hmm. Like, because. Is he a Pompano kid? He's a Pompano kid. I went yeah. to school with his mom. But he'll get eaten up at a school like Ely. Yeah. Because at that point, he's not, he wasn't like a, a leader. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in it my whole life, and yet I could be in that school, and I was fine because everybody else I was surrounded around, you know. So he would go in, he probably followed the crowd. So he needed to be with somebody that's going to be more hands-on with him, be more like a father figure to him, mm-hmm. be tough on him, not, not going to just tell him what he wanted to hear. And I'll never forget, he decided to go to Ely against my wishes. It was December. Did he tell you about this, or did you, no, no, how, talk, you find no, out no, no, about no, no, it? No, 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 right. we talk about it. But at some point, you got to let him do what he wanted to do. Yeah. It wasn't six months. You only lead the horse to water, you can't expect him to drink? It wasn't, but the nice kids wanted me, but it wasn't oh. six months. Oh wow! Oh, that's nice. look at that! All right, 
we oh Matt, look at you. Doesn't even fit. This makes me happy. Yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna which camera is on me, John? That's is it nice. this one right there? This is the state championship ring. Oh. My wife designed that ring, by the way. Did she? Yeah. This That's is gorgeous, Matt. Yeah. Look she at you just, just throwing that out of the table like it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I don't, I don't deserve to put that on. I don't fit your finger. That's nice. But back to what I was saying, like, within six months, he, he wanted to transfer out of it. So we was there, well to, done. Give, we was there to give a go to Buck and Cope to Buck walking with open arms. Yeah. And he's grown into a, a man now. You know, I'm, I'm excited because this was his dream. His dream was to go to a major university and play football. Mm -hmm. You know, and going back five, six years ago, you know, even though that was a dream, I knew it would be hard for him to get there, but he had to be surrounded by the right people. And I think by going to Carter Givens gave, gave him that structure. Yep. That not only when you go to college, I'm more happy that he's going to be prepared academically when he gets there. Like He's a smart guy. Smart guy. Smart guy. That's great. We talked about the mentors. I mean, it's so influential, so important in your life. I, I know where, I mean, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for the mentors in my artistic life. Sure. And the people guiding me along the way, telling me the right way to do things, the wrong way to do things. And I know you definitely have mentors in your life that th you push yeah, you in the right I direction. Didn't, I didn't listen to a lot of them. Yeah, you know, I, you I hung listen, out with the wrong you know, crowd. But people learn at different times. But that, that's my like, story, you know, and I'm happy where I'm at today. So yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. stop, though. Like, as right. you get older and you have that background, you have different challenges. Like, it's going to be something else you're going to have to, you know, he knows wrongs and rights, so it won't be that. But it's like decision making. I always try and tell him and just any kid I mentor, like, life is about choices. Yeah. It's all about yeah. choices and how you respond to them, right? And how you treat people. Yeah. I agree. And how you 100%. Treat it's so important because it's the, the people that you have on your team right now, you want to have them on your team 10 years from now because, especially in this NFL game, is this what you really want to do? Mm -hmm. Guess who they're coming to talk to? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's the first stop. This is what my brother do on a daily basis. Yeah. He coming to the high school coach. He want to know He want to know the counselor. He want to know how he's treating yep. the, the kid in the cafeteria. He want to talk to the coach. But they get ready to make a huge investment in you. Yep. I don't want to invest no money in an a-hole. Mm-hmm. Right. They need to know that. And that's what he's trying to get these kids to understand that, like, it ain't just about right now, every decision that you make costs. And it's gonna all—it's all gonna be a part of your journey. It's all gonna be on your resume. Mm -hmm. They gotta figure out what you want in a resume. Matt, what kind of um, now that you're head coach of young men, um, you have a huge responsibility for, for guiding these people's lives. Um, you know, I often say, um, and I could be way off, but just the way I see it, um, the comparison between like a Nick Saban versus a Dabo Sweeney. Nick seems to me like right, Nick's out to win championships. Dabo's out to raise men. That's just the way I see it. I could be way off, right? But, I mean, I don't know if that's the truth or not. That's just my perception of it. Now, taking that idea and that mindset, where does winning and just raising young kids come into play? What's that balance? That, that How you, you responded to that? Man, that's a tough question because um, my college coach was a guy named Spike Dykes. Mm -hmm. You know, great guy and great, like a grandfather figure. Never called a play, never ran a defense you know, when I was playing, but you could always go into his office and talk to him and whatnot. Uh, you know, I still teach four classes, man. I, I, it's not easy. You know, I get to work at 6.30 in the morning, and I don't get home until 7 o'clock at night. And I'm usually on the phone dealing with parents or dealing with kids or social media. 
the social media thing is a whole nother animal that nobody yeah. had to deal with before. And uh, that's that's an issue um, that these kids don't understand. And you can talk to them until they're blue, you're blue in the face, but they still go out there and post stupid things and do dumb things. And it's unfortunate, but it, it happens, and you can tell them. But as far as winning and losing, you know, I don't think my job is on the line, you know, unless we go 0-10. But for me personally, I'm not doing this to lose. So, you know, I love winning. So I'm out there busting my butt every day. Our coaches are on Saturday morning. We were there at 9 o'clock this morning. We had 60 guys in the weight room and on the field. That's how you build a program. Now, the academic piece we don't put up with anything but your best. And the guys that don't do their part don't won't be around for very long. And it's not me that gets rid of them. Right. It's it's the school will. You know, you got to do your job. And that's that's our big motto, do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we say it every day. You know, the kids get hearing me get sick of hearing me saying this, but be a team, be the most excited to play and be the best at doing your job. Can't play with 10 when you can play with 11. You know, and those are those are key terms. When you say playing with 10 when you're supposed to be playing with 11, somebody not doing their job. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, it's it, it's not hard, and anybody can do it, but the grind every day to be on top of it, it's like owning a business. you got to show up when you don't feel good. you got to, you know, reprimand people when they're not representing your business the way you should. Um, and that's kind of the way I treat it. A little Saban-ish, but... You know, with our with our piece at Gibbons, I think we're across between both middle middle ground. Um, but you know, it's this thing isn't easy. It's and it's not easy. And, and these public school coaches, I give them a lot of credit because the support that they don't get, right? That I do, a big time difference. And that's why in high school football, you see it's like a power five now: Cardinal Gibbons, St. Thomas, American Heritage, Chaminade. You know, there's a couple public schools that are, are doing well, like Deerfield or or uh, Plantation. Steve Davis, a great coach. But after that, it's you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough to do, and the the amount of time that these guys put in for what they get paid, it's pennies on the dollar. Yeah, know? I mean, we've known each other a long time, so I can I can speak firsthand to the intensity level that you bring to the field. I mean, that's. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, there's anyone that knows you is never going to question that. Well, when you're not that talented, you got to work extra hard. Stop it! Stop it! You got more talent in your finger, little pinky. You kidding me? Are you kidding me, Matt? Listen, if any any of Matt's current players or even like recent players are watching this, this dude was the shit on the field. Have you ever pulled out in the film? No, man. Come on. Come on. Uh, you know, people talk. You know, that's about as far as I go. That that was ancient history, man. I'm I, I'm in the today yeah, and moving forward. Now I will right. say this. I will say this to kids when they don't want to listen. Or I said, Have you ever got paid to play? Right. Well, yeah. I said, Well, I have. Yeah. So until you, you get paid to play, you no, don't question. Right. So that that's about as far as I go with with all that. You were throwing a little bit of a curveball before the state championship last year with your starting quarterback going down. Yeah. And we talked about you raising men and guiding young men's lives. And what kind of a challenge was that for you? I mean, you got one kid that's probably his heart's broken a little pieces. Yeah. You know, and then you got another kid looking at opportunity, staring him in the face. Obviously, you converted the situation. You guys won the state championship. Yeah. 
Can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, you know, Henry will tell you, you know, you're, usually your quarterback is the is the heart and soul of any team. But um, the politician, Henry said. <laughs> yeah. Politician. <laughs> like, uh, you know, but, you know, we lost our quarterback and, and the other kid was had to play uh, American Heritage the next week. Right. And, uh, you know, Heritage we hadn't beaten until we had beat him early in the season. About like 10 17 years. overtimes in that game. Yeah. Like <laughs> Man, I lost a lot of hair and sleep yeah. that, you know, a lot of gray hair after yeah. that. But, uh, you know, the kid came in and played well, and, and he's our starter now. And, you know, he's, he's won the state championship. And I'll tell you what, and Henry will tell you this, I had two other quarterbacks that were really good, didn't think they could beat them out, and they both left. That's the age of free agency in high school football. You can't, you can't even, you can't even uh, say, okay, well, wait your turn. You'll have two years to start. No, I got to start now. So I lost two quarterbacks. You know, this kid's 150 pounds, 160 pounds, and he's scaring everybody off. And you're like, you're one ankle injury, one toenail, one thumb. Just be patient and unfortunately today's day none of these kids are patient social media um we were on that show qb1 i don't know if you guys seen it on netflix yeah you know and, and then you know they ham it up for the camera and, and uh you know listen it like i said you know you got your coach making five million a year you know he can put up with a lot of that stuff right I don't make five million. <laughs> I wish I did, but it's I tough, man. You know, I was I asked Coach Bowden, um, could he could he coach in this time? And he said it'd be tough. Yeah. Because kids, everybody wants to leave. They got this new portal. They, oh, you just, like you just put your name in the portal and start your recruiting process all over again. I think that's what happens with a lot of the coaches right. that that were once great coaches is that they stay in their lane and they they don't want to adapt to the you and, know, and I, had a big effect. The one thing I said, and, um, and I, I was. Uh, this was Jimbo when I was there. I, I asked him, what, what is Dabble and Saban doing to get these kids where well, they're okay with waiting? They're taking all of the kids. Every, everybody's saying that they, these kids don't want to wait. If they don't play as a true freshman, they want to leave. You can't tell them they're not going to play. So I'm asking, what is Alabama and Clemson doing? Because these kids are red shirt. These kids sitting around. Like, what culture are they creating? Right, because you look at a program like UCF, to where like the talent's probably going to start sooner than they would have and they're experiencing a lot of success right the one thing i'll say henry and and i i, I won't disagree but i will a little bit you don't hear the transfers that are leaving my alabama and florida state like you do with some other programs they're maybe not winning as much and they do a good job keeping that quiet for a, you know a, a big part but I think Dabo is a guy that is a great he's got something that those guys don't and yeah. I think Nick Nick Saban rules with an iron fist and says you want to play on Sunday you gotta be here well I guess that's what my point earlier the, the difference between the two I mean not that one's better than the other but I guess that the only reason bringing that up just yeah. to say like more like what's your style what's your balance in that whole scenario though um so We don't like getting pushed around by, by parents or, or kids, but you know, um, every so often you gotta cut bait. Right. And you gotta you gotta call somebody's bluff and say, okay, you don't want to be here. And again, I'm 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 telling you this: we got a beautiful locker room, we got a great field, 
We got Friday Night Lights as good as anybody around. We got the best, I'm not going to say the best, but as good an education as you're going to get any place, anywhere. You don't want to be a part of this? Then you got to roll. Yeah. Just take off. That's awesome. And that's, you know, you try to, you try to, treat every situation as an individual one but at some point when people just want to continue to go down that negative road you got to let them go i tell you one thing if, if there's a parent watching this right now um wondering maybe perhaps if their kid wants to play football for givens i mean i personally vouch for you that you know the, the program's legit um you're out to win um but at the same time you're you're about raising men and doing it the right way and, and, and being honest yeah I being think, honest there I you think go that's the biggest thing Boom. that most biggest people key. are not and I think yeah. we're going to be honest all the time not some of the time but yeah. all the time you know I appreciate you guys you know hopefully Florida State <laughs> yeah, why are you laughing dad? why are you laughing Matt give me a dad why, what was that laugh about jeez I'll tell you what I like your offense coordinator I think that guy's a talent and I think he just needs a little time. He needs a little time. I was just saying to us, like, he's to show up for the second half. The second half, he's going to play the second half. I think he's a good coach. I'm going to take a two minute break. Yeah. I think he has it. I think he has it. I think he's. Last year, I probably we couldn't score points. This year, we scored a lot of points. And I always believe we scored 37 points. We should be able to win the game. We just got to find a way to the second half to, like, uh, Stand those drives, like because that's that's I think that's the part of the problem with the defense, keeping the defense on the field, 108 plays. They need some more Henry Crockett's. I mean, that's that's truly the they, bottom line they of defense. They don't have the. It doesn't look like they have what you guys had yeah. physically. Uh, you, you know, and I worked their camp for yeah. years. Yeah. I'd go up and work Jimbo's camp, and Jimbo did a good job, but um, they. Today it doesn't look like they got Henry Crockett there. They got a bunch of they got a bunch of paper guys. Right? They got yeah. a lot of guys that were paper five because we're in the top five every year, except for last year. Outside of that, all those stars. I'm gonna tell you what. Mm. Um, How do they get these stars? Um, they get them from rivals going to these camps, non-padded camps. Yeah. And then the guy runs a four-four, or you know, jumps a thirty-eight, and all of a sudden he's a five-star player because he. He might have had seven plays on his highlight tape. And who's doing the evaluation? Right. Some some non-football guy sitting in the computer room all day long. That's the way I look at it. It's not the good football player. We had a kid, Sidney Porter, that went to Marshall this year, or last year. I don't know if you've seen him. He's a Pompano kid. And uh, Donnell Bennett compares him to Ed Reed. You think Miami would even, <coughs> even give him five seconds all he did was block like nine punts and extra points have like seven or eight interceptions in two years back to back and he's going to marshall and he's at marshall now now he wasn't a blazer he he's never going to test out at a camp great but if you watch his film maybe one of the most impressive players you're going to see but you know he's a four seven four six guy but he's a football player, football player. And, and that's where these guys have missed the, missed the boat. They got all these guys that have no football knowledge just looking at numbers, and numbers don't lie. But in, I had a, a, you know, a debate the other day. Lincoln Riley, I know very well, he calls the game from the field. I used to call the game from the box, and then when I became the head coach, I called it from the field. 
I think there's a there's a, a better vantage point from the box. But when you're on the field, you can look somebody in the eye. Before the quarterback goes out, you know exactly where he's at mentally. When you're in the box, you know, it all looks good. Every play looks good from, from the box. But on the field, you hear the hits. You see the snot bubble. You see a guy and look him in his eye, and you know he's not right or you know he's right. And there's an advantage, and I think Lincoln Riley, which will probably be coaching the NFL next year, I think a guy like Lincoln Riley has done, has been able to kind of capture that in his offensive scheme, and and uh, you know he's an example of you. You don't have to be in the box. Mike Leach, another guy, calls it from the field, and I, you know I, I just think there's that advantage of being on the the battleground with the Warriors and leading those guys, and and sometimes sometimes the guys in the box don't quite see what we see. But, you know, they got a different vantage point, too. But I don't know. I, that's kind of my, my philosophy on it. Yeah. What you thought about Mike Leach? What you think about Mike Leach? He's an interesting guy, though, huh? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been to Pullman. Yeah. I've been uh, been to Key West with him. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. I spent, like, four hours with him in a bar one night, and I said, okay, Coach, let's talk about red zone concepts. We're walking down Duval Street. It's like 2 in the morning. I said, talk to me about what do you like in the red zone? Slants and fades. <laughs> okay, what else you got? I've had different conversations <laughs> in Duval Street at 2 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Coach? Like, I came here to talk about football. What else you got? Oh, you know, slant, you know, ends up like a fade. And, and that's what you get. But the, the nice thing about Leach is I just send him Dion McIntosh. Um, he had a little issue at Notre Dame. We got him over to Washington State. And uh, Leach is, you know, you see this persona on social media. The guy is, is tough and rough on these kids. That, you know, you're up at 5 a.m., you miss a practice, you miss a workout, you miss a class. He does not mess around. He should be coaching somewhere on the East Coast because he's got a house in Key West. And he will make, he will win a national championship if they can get him over here. Somebody's got to just take a chance. We turn it down. Foolishness. Foolishness. The guy is brilliant. Weird, funky, whatever you want to call it. But man, oh man, the guy is just a flat out genius when it comes to calling plays. And we run the same offense. Like, the same exact. Did you take the air raid thing? You take that from Texas Tech, or is it? No, I, yeah, I took it from when Leach. I was coaching at West Texas A&M. My recruiting area was Lubbock into Odessa. Mm -hmm. Sonny Dykes, which is now the head coach at SMU, and Dana Holgrimson, and Lincoln Riley, and Art Browles were all on that staff. Robert and I, I'd right. go down there when I'd recruit, go into the office and see Sonny, and that's kind of how I got hooked. And then I got to know Leach. I. He's great at texting. You text him in the morning, boom, boom, you get back what you need. He texts me, what are you doing different on 95? Okay, you really want to know? I mean, I'm not changing anything, Coach. <laughs> no need to. It, yeah. You know, it's just, but. So that's the system. It? It's, it's the system. Where you're staying in it. Yeah, it's good. But the biggest thing about the system, and it's the same as your restaurants in it, you got to do it every day consistently. Like, you can't, 
You can't take days off. And, and you can, but our, you know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you certainly our guys. Well, are, you relate that though. I mean, you're talking about like not taking days off. Like running the football team. You talk about running the league as a business. You got a guy here that runs a very good business. You know, what I mean, there's definitely a parallel there. We're yeah. growing stronger, but I, everything is funny. Whether it's business or football, the same things that are ringing a bell in my head: honesty, DNA, structure. You're only as strong as your systems. Right. What is that system? Having your team understand the story. We're a family business here, and it wasn't until we really started to get things ironed out until we started to work as a team. Right. And we talked re- a little really bit about uh, before the port, the before the port, before the podcast. You and I talked a little bit about okay, your position right now, and then your coaching system, doing the way you're coaching your employees, that how you're not like working a set schedule now, but you actually find yourself working, working more. Yeah. But you know, and the advantage of looking that from at, from a bird's eye view, right? Now, do you take you know, Matt? You're talking about like the bird's eye view of like how you're running your team, and also you got a bird's eye view too um, of how you're running your foundation, Henry. So it's kind of like you know, every, there's like all these parallels going in. And I don't think really you got to really overthink any of it specific to football, specific to a foundation, specific to a business, specific to an art studio. It's really kind of like your goals at the end of the day are success, right? I agree. My, my bottom line is consistency. Do it every day. Our kids get pra- our kids on offense get sick of what we do because it becomes so monotonous. But that's why we win it. We win a lot of games and score a lot of points. Yeah. That's the bottom it's line. funny. I listen to. Um, Bill Belichick and the office coordinator forgot his name. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he said. So they, the guy from Tennessee? No, no, one right now is the office coordinator. Um, his name, um, he was the head coach for Denver Bronco. Yeah. Yeah, so he didn't he coach at Tennessee for a little bit. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm. No, he was with the Broncos. He went I'm thinking of Lane Kip. So he, he made a. Josh. Josh Daniels. Josh Daniels. Yeah, They got a special out. It's, it's, it's called Just Do Your Damn Job. Right. And he talked about. In the Super Bowl, like once he get down on the line, like he go he goes back to plays that he knows that his running backs and offensive line quarterback are comfortable with. Plays that he's done a thousand times, thousand yeah. times. He just keep it basic. Mm-hmm. He said, "I get in that system, I get down on the file. I'm not gonna try and call no funky play. I'm gonna find a play that I know that they're comfortable with, that they've done a million times." It's also got Tom Brady. That's true. Yeah, kind of helps. And, but one of the things we talk about is being and consistent. Like, fantastic yeah. offensive line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they do everything. If you ever look at them, they're they very basic. They got right. strong systems. They are basic. They're very that's, basic. I think that's the most just, frustrating part of the Dolphin fan. It's like, man, this is the, the, the team looks basic, too, but they're just they're no, converting. They, they're they winning. Just, they just, what they do, they do very well. Right. And a lot of times you, you can put all these other fancy defenses in. Just do what you do and do it well. That's it. Well, we played last night, and as a coach that loves to throw the ball, we had about 40-mile-an-hour gusts. First play of the game, we get the ball on offense. Ball gets deflected, pick, you know, and then you get a little you get a little weary, and, you know, second drive wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. Then we scored six times in a row. You guys went on a flurry last night. Yeah, you know, you got to weather the storm. You can't panic, but what Henry's saying is right. I mean, just do what you do well and continue to do it and don't listen to the the noise and you know when you don't when you do that i think you have success but it takes good players it takes good organization yeah it takes good staff it takes everything that goes along with making this work and i think the good people that do these jobs it's a crossover you know? yeah all right gentlemen i'm going to uh 
go to the bathroom and head out. So I appreciate yeah, so it. Yeah, so I already took my bathroom break. Um, <laughs> yeah. This guy, listen. It was, guy, it was nice to meet you. Thank you. This guy, I like your story. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, by the way, Matt, Troy, Troy, Matt. You know, so this is his house here. Uh, awesome. So, well, th thank you very much. Matt, great. I really thank you for coming on today. I appreciate you and, having uh, me. If you need anything in the season or whatever, you want to come out to a game and whatever, just let me know. You'll be my guest. Absolutely. Same Absolutely. here, Troy. We, we support Same. the club a lot. And I went there. I didn't finish there. But, um, no, we, we love your story, and we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, Matt. The mystery guest. <laughs> I love how he dropped the honesty bomb. Hold on a second. Hold it's on. Just, uh, yeah, hold on. Got to have it. Yeah. It's tough in these days, though. Leave it out. That was a nice addition. Yeah, right? Yep. We keep saying playing last night. I keep forgetting today's Saturday, Sorry, man. I must have had a big week. Yeah. We're about to get on here. Game time, though. Yeah, the boys are having fun. With my son's favorite restaurant, man. Anything you want to I love it. That used to be a spot right, right there with the I know, to sit in the chair. <laughs> I remember. I love how he says sushi. Yeah, my kids, they, 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 they fake eat sushi. They talk about it, but. It's the best, man. This is just one year's, right? Huh? The other one's not yours, too, right? No, no, no. no this, this, is, one. this is teammates. Yeah. What's up, bud? Did you eat? What you ate? Yeah, you can get on there. He's back. What you ate, man? I tell everybody what you ate in America. Josiah, what you ate? Um, I ate a California roll. All right. <laughs> That's his favorite roll. That's uh, is the real surreal because we use real crab real meat and after Joey Accardi's uh, fishing team. Uh, had to give my boy a hug there. I did. That oh, nice yes. that, that was nice that Matt showed up like that. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. So are we any more guests coming or no? I don't think so. We were working on getting Zach Thomas to come, but he's tied up at a soccer tournament. Tied up at that would have been nice to have them both here. All right. So um, you want to shut it down or you want to keep going around? I think we can shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Henry, you good? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm actually hungry. And since I'm, we're I'm, here, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna eat. I'm like, you already <laughs> like. All right. So we started this thing, and he's like, "Oh, you want some beer?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And I'm like, like, starting to get a little, little tipsy, and I gotta start going to the bathroom, and like, we're starting yeah. to get hungry. No, so I'm ready to eat. And go Florida to the bathroom. State's about to play, and I know we all want to watch some Seminole football. Yeah, Seminole football. Sit back there and get me some. Yep. So, I'm just gonna just say, a little recap, though. Recap, recap it, recap. Okay. Have a good story. Right. Be honest. That's it. Put in the effort. You're only as strong as your systems. Right. That's what I heard today. Yeah. Right. The systems, they got to be strong. Are you a new friend in Henry? No. I, I, <laughs> and um, the Crockett Foundation, doing big things. Every time yes. I, every time yeah, you look come around Henry, we'll learn new stuff. Drop some, um, drop some social for me, Henry. What do you want people to do here? Uh, uh, just search the Crockett Foundation. Go to crockettfoundation.org. Uh, we're doing a lot in the community, especially in the city of Pompano and Broward County areas. Um, we have been to coding. Uh, we got some great partners in Broward College and Children's Service Council, uh, United Way. I thank for the support that it allows us to do all these great things. We have an amazing board. Our kids are taking some great trips. Uh, work with the Dolphins, taking the kids to the Dolphins, Los Angeles, um, Chargers game. So, um, you're taking them to L.A.? No, no, we play here. I, no, 
You got that kind of money. <laughs> I was like, whoa, but, wait a minute. But, yeah. Des- describe the flex fund again. <laughs> Man, you know, we're, we're growing. We got a yeah. great staff. Our second director, Eileen Lamarck, she's doing an amazing staff, amazing job. Eileen, our staff. let's give it up. Yeah, Eileen. Eileen Lamarck, she's doing a great job. Um, and so we're excited about this year. Nice. Uh, we got some great programs at Pompano Middle, Margate, Plantation Middle, Bear Middle, and um, Crystal Lake Middle. So we're doing some great things. We're excited about this year. You will have all the support in the world from Connected by Water whenever you want it. Just all make right. a phone call. You got it. All right. Thank you so all very right. much. Whatever service yep. we can provide for you, you have it. Don't worry about that. All right. So I am going to say, oh, wait, drop some. We got the uh, Eat, Drink, Be Local. The Chef Papa's Shakedown. Our Chef Shakedown coming yes, up Friday. Coming up Friday. The 20th. Um, the first show, the 20th, at the Lighthouse right. Point Club. Next year, we got a... We got to change up. This year's yeah. for Mission Fishing. Next year we'll bring it back old school, and uh, yeah. we'll we'll change it up to the Crockett Foundation. To. I like there we that. Go. All right, it's official. Like 2020. And buy your sake dinner tickets. It's actually International Sake Day, October first, here at Papa's Raw Bar, and the entire world is International Sake Day. But we're having our first sake dinner. Tickets for all events everywhere are on sale on Eventbrite. Eat, right. drink, and be local everywhere you go. Go, Knowles. Yeah, Before we end this, we need uh, some score predictions for tonight's game. Oh, oh. look at John John chiming in. See, oh, <laughs> let's look at the, the frustrated the ESPN the analyst. Frame, the frustrated the ESPN analyst. 31-14. 31-14. Wow. Florida State over Virginia. Are we at home? Are we in? Di- no, it's Henry, not. Are we home tonight? Home. Is this in Virginia? Are no, we in Virginia? Yeah. Oh, and you're picked 31 14. Hopefully, hopefully we can switch that. I'm going to go a little bit tighter than that. 34 right? 27. I'm going to go. That's a pretty good one, too. Um, can I do it? 34 yeah. 27. What's your prediction? Sushi for life, if you get it. 27 14. 27 14. I like it. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with, uh, let me see. I'm going to go 42 Florida State. Right. Right. And I'm gonna go thirty-three on Virginia. All right. All right. Forty-two, thirty-three. I'm gonna go with we'll one of those odd college scores. And I just wanna add one last thing. Like my buddy Mike G says, your ego is not your amigo. Right? Just do your best. Let God do the rest. And always remember to eat, drink, and be local. Connect yeah, my water is out of here. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. All right, see you guys. Thank you, Henry. Time to eat. Time to eat. Time to eat. Let's do it. John, let me know when we're done.